please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome to this week's installment of the Vagabond Exchange. This is our third or fourth attempt at episode 15. Yeah. So welcome everyone. Hopefully our frustration won't bleed through into the podcast. Right. Um, once again, this is Emily and William. Mm-hmm. Say hi, William. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm a, just a tad bit frustrated right now because we recorded episode 15 a couple of days ago. And we sat for an hour or so and discussed various things. Right. And I discovered soon after the recording that there was no recording. <laughs> Oops. So. But it's okay. It gives us an excuse to talk again. That's right. For those of you who don't know, we just we spend the rest of our time in silence. We do. We build, We save everything up for an hour. Yeah. Like an hour a week, and that's all we talk. We're actually two monks, and we took a vow <laughs> of silence, and we sneak away one hour a week. To do the show. Right. And watch movies. Right. And travel. Right. And we don't talk. And, and work. During any together. of Right. Yeah. Okay. So. so welcome. Should we talk about the fact that we have known, we now know that we have more than one listener besides our friends? Yes, we should. We got an email this week from um, a very lovely lady. And we her, assume she's lovely. I'm sure she's lovely. If she's writing to us, she has to be lovely. Um, and we have dubbed her Colorado Casey because of the fact that her name is Casey and she's from Colorado or mm-hmm. lives in Colorado Springs currently. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey apparently has a significant other named Blaine who also enjoys our podcast. Um, their email says that they um, share the interests of Emily and William, love baseball. Sadly, they they love the Rockies. Shoot, like the Rockies, so. Sorry about that, Casey and Blaine. And Williams Phillies demolished the Rockies. That's right. That's right. And we did discuss on our first attempt at this uh, podcast um, mm-hmm. the fact that the Rockies were playing in, and the Phillies were playing in like 30 degree, degree weather. weather. Yeah. And wondering why they have an open stadium. Yes. But the weather is a bit off this year. so It's a little colder than normal. Right. And it was the playoffs. Right. Normally it wouldn't be that cold. So. And... and when you are from that kind of area, you're used to seeing sporting events in sub-zero Cold. temperatures. So having to bundle up for a baseball game isn't that out of the norm. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But um, we like to thank Casey and Blaine for their email. It was nice to hear from somebody other than um, Joe. William's arch nemesis, Seattle Joe. And we did hear from Seattle Joe again, too. We did, actually. Got Seattle a very Joe. nice, long email. S- Seattle Joe does us right by his emails. He does. He takes time. The fact that he still sends us emails after William has basically performed various acts of defamation of character <laughs> to Seattle Joe <laughs> is is not only mind-boggling, but kind of refreshing. Well, I think Seattle Joe is a bit of a masochist because he <laughs> enjoys it. Or he's a narcissist, and he's glad that we're talking about him. Maybe. I love and, you, Seattle Joe. Yeah. And I now don't. Seattle Joe knows that he's not the only listener, so he's That's famous. Right. He better up the ante. That's right. You're about to get bumped, Seattle Joe. Mm-hmm. No. Just kidding. Bumped off. 
Be nice. <laughs> um, so we should say right from the outset that we're a few days away from another Vagabond exchange, exchange. trip. Another Vagabond exchange, yeah. Exactly. Um, yes, we're heading to St. Louis in a couple days, kind of for a special occasion because somebody has a birthday coming up. Mm-hmm. Who is it, William? It may be me. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go to St. Louis. St. Louis. Yep. And we've both been to St. Louis before. We have. Together, actually, we've yes. been before to see a baseball game. But uh, we've never been to the Budweiser Brewery. Right. Brewery. Or Brewery. Brewery. Or the, uh, well, that's like uh, Dana Carvey used to say that whenever you say judicial system, you always sound drunk. <laughs> you, <laughs> judicial judicial system. system. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's and we're also, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. We're going to the top of the arch. Yes, we because are. Because neither, I haven't been to the top of the arch. No, I've so. been to the arch, but not in it, inside of it. Which is the gateway to the Midwest. So. <laughs> that's right. And I, there's no place I'd rather be than just on the cusp of the Midwest. Right. <laughs> Seriously. And we're I going to the Midwest. We're going to a Colts Rams game. Yes. The Colts are undefeated. The Rams are, are unwind. Un, unwind. Yes. Yes. So. Undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Is the opposite of defeated? Defeat. I, defeat. Uh, perhaps, but I doubt undefeated is a word. Former English minor in the house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. A little road trip for the two of us. We mm-hmm. haven't done any... Well, yes, I guess we did one road trip this summer. But we... Where do we go? To Michigan. Oh. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I was We think- drove. Did we drive? We drove to Michigan. Yeah, we drove. We drove. We drove. Yeah. yeah. Um... Because we had a rental car debacle, remember? Ah, uh, yes. Don't with, rent uh, cars from budget. Can we say that? Yeah, don't rent That's cars from budget. Ever. And I used to be like budget's bitch, and now me they've too. lost me forever. Yes. We had a, a lot of trouble. We Actually, convenient. we've had trouble with Thrifty and budget, although Thrifty tried to make up for it. <laughs> sort of, but not really. Yeah. Did you ever get that? I may have. Fracture? I may have deleted it. But oh. It's so supposed we can, to be mailed to you, like mailed to your home. Oh, then no, I never got it. But so we're done with budget. Done we're done with thrifty. thrifty, and we're done with Avis since Avis and budget are kind of That's buddy right. buddies. Yes, we are. So, so that really leaves us with like Hertz. Hertz. You like Hertz? I do like yeah. Hertz. And Enterprise. Enterprise. We haven't rented from Enterprise. Yet. No, we haven't. And Dollar. We haven't rented from Dollar Rental. No. no. So, so not to digress. Yeah. We had a little. We had a couple bad uh, <laughs> car rental experiences back to back. Um, so yeah, thank you, Casey, for your email. You brightened our week. And we love the title of your email. Simple (laughs) yet seductive. (laughs) Because you don't know what's going to be inside. Right. Casey's a present, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure she is. (laughs) Delightful present. But you know what Casey did say? Hmm. She talked a little bit about the Seattle freeze. Right. Casey validates that Seattle is a fantastic place to visit. Um, and it sounds like she's lived all over the place. Sort of had a similar sentiment to what I've said about living in the South. But I think she makes a good point. that um, She says that women have a harder time making friends anywhere than men do. Um, which I kind of agree with a little true? bit. Yeah, a little bit. Making real with solid... Making friends with other women or making friends overall? I think make, probably making friends with other women. Feeling like you fit in with other women. 
I think is well, harder a, for women than it is for men. Uh, because women seem to be a little more less, a little more reluctant to let other People, women in. Right. To make not, solid, not men, but it seems like other women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm that way. I'll admit to that. So, and she did like Atlanta and Charlotte, but Lexington. No, her her boyfriend liked. Atlanta oh, and oh, Charlotte. Blaine, but boy, she, Blaine. Yes. <laughs> Blaine, I'm sorry. I'll just apologize in advance. William's probably going to make snarky comments about you. Blaine's probably like six five, two fifty. Blaine's going to come and kick your ass. He doesn't know where I live. <laughs> I'm going to call him and tell him. <laughs> um, but Blaine has lived in the South and loved it. Casey lived in Lexington and and. Never quite made a connection there. Right, I don't the, care for Lexington myself. I don't. I don't. I don't have it. I put like either way. Louisville, but uh, do you? That's not bad. Louisville. Whatever. You always seemed ambivalent when I asked about it. Well, I just don't know what's there. So how do you know you like it? I like driving through it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, you're just making things up today. Uh, pretty much. Okay. So, yes, leaving for St. Louis in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, we saw some movies this week, or in the past couple weeks. Yes. Because we've been in a little bit of hiatus. Right. I was out of town last weekend and returned rather exhausted, so we didn't record do anything. Actually, two weekends ago. Weekend, almost two weeks ago. Right. Um, but I had a wonderful time away. I went to Michigan and saw some... Uh, well, saw my family, which is always nice. I got to spend some quality time with just my mom, which is unusual for just the two of us to be um, together. And also went to a reunion of sorts um, with my old sorority sisters at my old uh, college in Michigan. And had a grand time. It's good. It was good. Yeah. We talked on the last podcast because I saw... Some of the pictures from your homecoming, and there were a number of babies. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of kids there. Yes. Yeah. It was interesting. It's interesting to see people that you used to do naughty things with have, like, you know, responsibilities and stuff outside of themselves. Naughty things with other women? <sighs> I didn't... Expound, please. No. no? I didn't categorize it and i wasn't necessarily referring to things of a sexual nature just you know things that people under the age of 21 shouldn't be doing i see um or really any age um so yeah it was nice and i got to see some people i haven't seen in like 10 years and um we hung out talked made fun of college kids (laughs) and then i got the heck out of there yeah yeah it's important to not overstay your welcome and things like that, because then you become either the creepy old drunk person, or I don't know. Plus, you said the college kids were giving you the stink eye, right? <laughs> they were. Well, actually, I just remember this. I kind of got into an argument <laughs> with one of the girls, and she's in the sorority, so that's not very nice. Mm-hmm. Like the alumni is getting cranky, but she was like, "I like I remember her because we kind of moved." Our, our sorority house is next door to our fraternity house and so we had this like side yard area and that's where when I was in college we'd always congregate they'd have like bonfires and other tomfoolery would happen out there 
And so we kind of moved in and out of the different houses, and there's another um, fraternity kind of behind the house that's newer. Um, so they were kind of out there with us. And so we moved all around, in and out of houses, out in the backyard or whatever. And this girl kept, I don't even remember her name, but she kept, it was like whatever group I was in kind of talking and hanging out, she somehow would like appear and like just join the conversation. And every time she joined, she would like create some opposition in the group. So like we were having this discussion about the scandal that had happened on campus a couple of years after I I left and we were trying to remember the year that it happened mm-hmm. and everyone was kind of in agreement about the year and she came out into the group and she's like, No, it was two thousand two. And so she's like like she's totally arguing. She argued with like five different people, all so of whom presented evidence to her. Everyone else in the conversation, were they <laughs> college people or were they your age? Were they were they? my age. Okay. Like we were actually there when it happened. That's that was what was funny. She and was she younger was, than us. Oh. Yeah. And so that was like the first thing. There were a couple other incidents. Well, as the night kind of grew on, I was just irritated with her. And there was something wrong with the front door of our house. Like the lock wasn't working right or something. This is a very interesting story, I'm sure. But anyway, there were people outside trying to get in. She was one of them. And I and Heather, one of my friends, was standing at the door trying to get it open. And I was kind of trying to help her. And it was like you turn the knob and nothing happened, like literally. Mm-hmm. So a few minutes later, we're all standing out on the porch. I don't know what gave me the gumption to, like, stand up to this girl. We're all standing in a circle. There's probably ten people out there, half of which I don't know. The other half, you know, I went to school with. And she's, like, getting in this other girl's face about the door. She's like, why wouldn't you open the door for us? Or Heather's, Heather's face. Why wouldn't you open the door for us? And Heather's like, the door wouldn't open. She's like, yeah, but I saw you inside. You were just standing there looking at us. And I was like, no, really, the door wouldn't open. And so she keeps, like, on it. And I'm like, no, really, I was standing there. She was like, I saw her. It was like no amount of reason would make her change her mind. So finally I was like, it's clear that you've missed the logic train. And I'm not going to sit here and argue with you about a door. But no one was standing there keeping you locked out of your own house. And everyone just, like, stops conversation and looks at me. And she slowly turned and went down the stairs. And I kind of felt bad. But I was like, really? Seriously? You would have felt worse if she had punched you in the face. I like, would have felt worse. But good... I'm, not, I'm not usually one to, like, call somebody. Like, you, you know, do I, I'm not a person like that, am I? I don't get, like, confrontational, especially in a group setting like that. No. Right. So I was like, oh. Had you been drinking? <laughs> no, I hadn't. Oh. I really didn't drink much because I had like an hour and a half drive home. So oh. I tried to be careful. I only had a couple of beers. Plus somebody else drank the rest. So that mm. was that. But um, yeah, it was kind of funny. So yeah, I had a bit of an altercation with some college girl <laughs> in school. Which made me feel really classy. <laughs> Why do guys do this? What is so appealing to men about a cat fight? Yeah, a cat fight. <laughs> Because men think if women are grabbing and clawing at each other, there's a chance they might somehow kiss. <laughs> I know since we're talking about Michigan, I know you wanted to mention... Flint, yes. Yeah. There's um, actually a couple things about Flint that I wanted to mention. One is visit Flint. If you're in the mid-Michigan area, and even if you're just driving through on your way to northern Michigan, or you're there for business or whatever... Just stop by for an afternoon. I'd recommend a Saturday morning. Um, There's a really great farmer's market in Flint. It actually was voted best in the nation, mostly by people who live in Flint, but still. Um, 
local local uh, farmers, local produce, pretty much everything is locally owned um, and, and brought to the farmer's market. Great local restaurants come there. There's a guy who makes, uh, is it crepes or crepes? I always say it wrong. Crepes. Crepes. Crepe, the Flint Crepe Company. Um, he's got a little stand there. Awesome crepes, whatever you want on him, he'll, he'll put them on there. Um, it just really gives you a sense of community that I think Flint needs. And then I'd also recommend that you take a trip through downtown. Um, U of M, the University of Michigan Flint, has done a lot there. They've revamped some of the buildings into dormitories, so it's brought some restaurant and retail business to um, sort of the main drag where it pretty much was empty like probably five years ago. So I was really inspired to see how much it had grown. Mm -hmm. And also, um, there's a guy that I went to high school with who um, has a radio show. He's really big into sort of like the rejuvenation effort happening in Flint. But he has a a radio show. You can pick up the podcast of it if you're not able to listen to it. I think it's Wednesdays, like 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern. Um, But it's the Ryan Ishu Show, and Ishu's E-A-S-H-O-O. Um, and it's on Flint Talk Radio. So if you get a chance to check it out, um, it's all kind of local to Flint. So if you're not from there, it may not be pertinent. But he's a pretty funny guy. So I'd recommend you take a listen. You can find him on Facebook, etc. So that's my plug. I just think people, I don't know. I was from there. I grew up there. It makes me sad that it's kind of a wasteland right now. But yeah. It's not really a wasteland. There's a lot of great things happening there. And I've still got family there. So I'd love to see it turn around. It's probably a great time to buy real estate there because I was looking at the housing, you know, the house prices, and it's. Did you look at them? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, even your and this is further north, I guess, where your grandparents live. Right. But the amount that they pay for their great house, which is right off the beach, right? It's you know you get nothing near that here, even here in Nashville, right? And even in other cities bigger than here, you would you couldn't get anything. So. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a good time. It's a good time. I mean, if you can find a job, that's the problem. The unemployment rate's pretty astronomical. But, I mean, there's people living and working there. You can find your niche. Right. So I'd recommend it. Go Flint. (laughs) The Vagabond Exchange is now on Facebook. Oh, yeah. So feel free to check us out. Become a fan. We Um, want uh, Joe... And uh, Casey and Blaine yeah, to join. get all up in there. Yeah. Um, we're going to be adding to it. It's kind of basic right now because I don't know how to use Facebook. But it, um, <laughs> but it'll, we'll beef it up soon. Right. We, we want to figure out how to put, like, maps and stuff on there so that you guys can, you know, kind of follow us where we go on right. trips and such. And we'd also like to add our movie ratings. Mm-hmm. And after each show, um, you should be able to log in and see uh, – you know, we'll we'll post links of the different articles that we t- speak about or whatever. Right. So feel free to discuss, right. suggest, recommend, criticize, whatever you need to get off your chest. Yep. And we should also say thank <clears throat> you to our friends who email us because we don't mention them as often as That's we true. should. But we do get emails from friends of ours who we've told about this endeavor. Right. And they write us very complimentary and sweet emails. That's true. So Phil... Charity. Yes. Charity especially. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I guess we should mention, we saw a movie today, but I guess we should mention the movie we saw a couple of weeks ago. Yes. We saw Zombieland. Zombieland. Which stars Woody Harrelson. Um, 
Abigail Breslin. Abigail Breslin, Jesse Eisenberg. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yes, yes. And and a special cameo that we won't give away because right. it's super funny. It is funny. Probably the funniest moment in the film is due to this person. Yeah. So it was great. But Zombieland's basically just a it's a, a zombie movie. <laughs> what you have is the United States has been taken over by zombies due to a virus that was started um, when someone ate a bad burger that was infected with mad cow disease. Right. So what you have are these four characters that are kind of loners trying to survive uh, the zombie infiltration or whatever. Uh, And they're named after, or they they call each other by the cities that they're from. Right. Um, You have Tallahassee, Columbus, Little Rock, and Wichita. And um, basically it's just them kind of coming together and trying to survive. Yeah. And all kinds of hilarity ensues, as one can imagine, going through a world full of zombies. Right. And and one special thing is that uh, one character, Columbus, played by Jesse Eisenberg, mm-hmm. has this kind of set of rules that he goes by yeah. <laughs> to survive the, you know, against zombies. And, you know, such things as stay limber and you kind of, as the game... Double tap. Double tap. Mm-hmm. Uh, avoid bathrooms. Yes. And so the thing is that... Um, as the movie goes on, it almost takes on a video game kind of feel to it. Yeah. Because whenever he follows one of the rules, you know, the rule will pop up on the screen to kind right. of tell you what he's doing. So um, the movie only costs like $20, 25000000 to make. It made its money after the first week. Yeah. It's still doing well. And it should do well because I thought it was a very entertaining and funny film. It was entertaining without being stupid. Right. Um, and, you know, had little touching moments and also had, you know, stupid moments. So. It was, and it was graphic. A lot, yes. of, a lot of blood. <laughs> it was really graphic. I had to cover my eyes a couple times. And you and I went with a, our friend Phil, right. who is like a horror movie freak. And so the two of you were like, yeah, anytime like brains are being splattered <laughs> across the screen, I'm about to lose my lunch and my popcorn. But that was fun. Yeah. Well, the great thing about zombie movies is... You don't have to worry about something like that really happening. I mean, it hasn't happened really? yet. So <laughs> That's true. So I think that's why I'm not scared of zombies, because there really isn't any proof that they exist, so I don't feel like they're a valid threat. And that's right. why I, that's in general why I find horror movies to be funny, because I don't really believe in like people in masks that can't be killed and Yeah dolls that come to life and speaking of that we saw the preview for for nightmare on elm street so yeah. they're starting that all over again i know i saw that are we yeah. gonna see that uh i don't know i mean i'm sure i would by the time it comes out i would like to see it. but I, we didn't see halloween too and i kind of wanted to see that why so, didn't we see halloween too we know. talked about it's it. still out but it's just so many movies yeah we we have like a backlog of movies that we have to see yeah so to chip away at that... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I almost skipped over the most important part of the show. Yeah. So um, now we're going to go ahead and give our rating, do our little contest to see who can get closest to the imdb.com rating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, William, what would you give? Um, I believe that on our last podcast that didn't work, I gave it a 7.5. I thought you gave it a 7.8. I did. That's right. 7.8. I, I gave it the same thing. Okay. And at this point, it has an 8.3. Yes, it does. 
So, we I highly suggest Zombieland. I do too. It's so. funny. Don't go if you're squeamish. No. I know a lot of chicks don't like that stuff, but it's it's kind of like funny, grotesque though. Right. It's not like it's not like literally people being slashed or anything. It's just kind of funny. Yeah, and opening credits alone sold me because those yes. was the super slow mo kind of. It was awesome. It was cool and very funny too. Yeah. Um. So. We also saw a movie this evening. Yes, we did. Uh, called Paranormal Activity. Activity. Joe. We saw Paranormal Activity. Yeah, Joe. Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Okay, first of all, I do know what to say. I didn't realize what we were seeing is what, we, what was what we were seeing. You thought it was the Mila... Javovich one. Yeah. Did no. you? No, no. Okay. Well, but then. what I read, Roger Ebert really liked it. He gave it three and a half stars. Roger Ebert gave that three and a half stars that we saw today. Yeah. Okay, I'm done listening to Roger Ebert. He's he's officially he's dead to me. Well, he was comparing it to the Blair Witch Project, in which you have kind of have this home movie kind of feel to right. it. Right. Basically, the movie is focused on a man and his girlfriend, mm-hmm. a dumbass man, I might say, by the way, and his girlfriend in their house. Mm-hmm. They have a camera. Um, his girlfriend seems to be haunted by demons. Right. And so they they set up this camera everywhere to kind of catch uh, when kind of demonic... Well, document, document yeah. Document the but demonic really activity. Happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because she, I think up until then he thought she just was being paranoid. Right. I got that impression. Yeah. Um. So basically it, it only follows them over a short period of time, like 15, 19, 21 days or yeah. something. It's, it's pretty short. I mean, pretty short and, period of time. During the fall of 2006, I think they said. Right, yeah. right. Um, but it's, you know, I, first of all, I was, the, usually movies with like a jittery camera, because people told me with Blair Witch, they were like, oh yeah, be careful, you'll be sick to your stomach. Right. And I was fine with that. But this movie... I mean, literally from like the first, and I don't know what it was. There was something about the screen too, because mm-hmm. at the beginning it was really blurry. Right. Like they, it was out of focus or something. Mm-hmm. And I, the combination of the two, I thought I was going to, like I literally, it was mind over matter. I was like, you are not going to get sick yeah. right now. I felt that way the first five, ten minutes of the yeah. film. I felt nauseous. Nauseous. Okay. Well, and then the rest of the movie I felt nauseous, but it had nothing to do with the way the film was, was shot. <laughs> it was boring. It, it was boring. I mean, there was they they play it like it's a true story, like mm-hmm. it's something that actually happened. Right. And so there was a part of me saying, you know, if this were actually true, mm-hmm. if if I knew that this was true, yeah, I'd be more into it because it would be a little bit boring. But when you have certain things happening that shouldn't be happening, right? Then I'd like if this were truly like a documentary yeah. or something, yeah, I'd be really into it, right? But I knew that this was just a movie that they were playing up like it was a you know true story. Okay. And yes, it was very boring. You go from day one to day two, and, and as things progress, it gets a little bit worse, a little bit worse, but right. not worse enough where you actually give a damn. Yeah, there was. I literally jumped one time. I think we both jumped. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. But it was just like it wasn't. I, I don't know. It, it, it's like watching a couple. Like sit around their house and then for for several hours and then two seconds of like intense intensity. Right. Watch a couple sit around their house for two hours, couple seconds of intensity. Right. And Plus, I, I was done by about day three. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I'm thinking if this happens in my home, 
I'm gone. Thank and, you. And even though they're saying, you know, it doesn't matter if you leave, It'll it's going to follow you. I don't care. I, right. I wouldn't be able to stay in the house. No. And I wouldn't care about a damn camera every time. I'm not picking up the camera that, every time something exactly, happens. Exactly, exactly. Um, so it wasn't, it didn't move me. And I wanted to apologize to you after the film was over, but I waited until. Why? Because I, it was my idea that we go see it. And it's based on this Roger Ebert review. As you can see now, it's three and a half stars. But Actually, it was Joe's idea. It was Joe's idea. <laughs> so we're blaming you Thanks, directly, Joe. Joe. No um, more uh, suggestions from you. <laughs> no, Joe usually does a good job. Joe, if you could tell us what you saw in that movie, that maybe we just missed something. Yeah, that and was he really did great. like District 9. He suggested that, and we liked that. District one. 9 was the bomb. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, Joe. Not on board with This Paramount one didn't do it for us. No. But you don't have to apologize. All right. Well, I, wa- just, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see what I thought. But it you was. didn't. <laughs> well, we're going to see that one too. Yeah, definitely. Um, what is that called? Uh, it's on the tip because of my tongue. Because we looked tongue. it up, and it was—it's like the last nine or the fourth or something. It's um, <laughs> very articulate this evening. Uh, the fourth kind. The fourth kind. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll still see that. Yeah. That's what I thought we were seeing. I'm sorry. That's not. I knew we no, weren't it's saying my fault. that. But. It's my fault. Um, so, what, what rating would you give <laughs> Paranormal Activity? Uh, based on the fact that it probably didn't cost them that much money to mm-hmm. make, and that they're probably raking in a nice a little bit of, of money, change, yeah. I give them a, a probably an extra point for effort. Yeah. But I'm going to give it about a three point four. I was going to give it a four, and I will say this. They were pretty. It was pretty believable as them as a couple. Yeah, like they played the role. I, I, I didn't know. I, it was one of those ones where you're like, "Is this really a documentary?" I didn't right. know what it was. So I was the whole time. I kind of knew. Like when it got as it progressed, I was like, "Okay, surely this is isn't a real story, or you would have heard more about it." Right. But I was like, "Okay." At first, I thought they don't seem like they're acting. They seem like a real couple. Right. I liked the girl in it. And, but that's the thing. And I meant to look it up when we got, you know, before we did the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure it's it's completely fictitious. And I think there was something that said it was fictitious towards the end. Was there? Yeah. I couldn't read the, the whole thing that flashed up on the yeah on the screen at the end. So. The, the thing that throws you off, well, I won't say it. And there are no credits in this movie no. whatsoever, which is pretty cool. It was kind of awkward, too, at the end, though, because I've never been in a movie theater when it's been just dead silent. Yeah. Because the movie ends, there's no credits. Yeah, there's no and it music. was like, you could hear like a pin drop in the movie theater. All right. So you give it a four, I give it a 3.4. Yep. 7.9. Wow. So obviously, we are in the minority. We are Joe? missing something here. Joe, we're counting on you. Okay, now see. Wait a minute. Okay, never mind. Somebody says, absolutely terrifying, possibly the scariest film I have ever seen. As a garbage truck drives by. <laughs> I know it's recording that. Um, That's funny. I wanted to see what the budget was. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Because they're, I mean, they're pretty much. $11,000. Wow. <laughs> and it's made, well, it's grossed over $9 million already. $11,000. Estimated. Estimate, but still, but still, I mean, think I mean, about it. It couldn't have cost them more than that because they were just they were one in camera. one place the whole time. But I wonder, some of the it, special effects, I wonder how they did that. Yeah, that's true. They probably did it on the computer. Probably yeah, took them an probably afternoon. the same computer that was in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's admirable. Yeah, that is. 
So, um, so yeah, that's I, I stand by my rating based yeah. on that. Jeez Louise, I hope they got points or something on that. I hope those actors are making some money. Yeah. I did like that the girl in the movie had, like, some curves. Like, she had some TNA happening. She was cute. She was a cutie, which I appreciate seeing, like, real women in movies. Yeah. You know, that's always a good And thing. she was... Like, normal. She played it well. Yeah. I mean, she... She was pretty easygoing, but it got to the point where that guy, because I liked her a lot more than I liked him. I liked him. him, me too. He, he annoyed a, the crap out of him. He was a tool. Yeah. So that's, that's our recommendation. So we suggest you see Zombie Lane and not see Paranormal Activity, but yes. it looks like we may be wrong. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Trick or treat. I got a popcorn ball. I got a fetch ball. I got a pack of gum. I got a rock. So, Emily. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson has an album coming out next yes. week. Yes, I've heard about that. With uh, pre-recorded. Well, all albums are pre-recorded. <laughs> recorded. It's not live, especially given the fact that he's, he's dead. Not it's from the alive. grave. <laughs> so, anyway, the, funny. the first single off of this album is a song called This Is It. Mm-hmm. And he also there's also a film coming out, I guess, that shows his concert the preparation for his concert right, and stuff right that goes by the same name um we listened to the song this evening mm-hmm. you you listened to it th- for the first time i did and actually I, I i wanted to talk about this for two reasons but the, the first what, what did you think of the song i actually really liked it it reminded me of it reminded me of michael jackson yeah. like michael jackson michael jackson yeah um, and you know I love anything that has strings. Strings. I thought so, about you in it. Um, yeah, as soon as I heard that, I was pretty much hooked. Yeah. But it's, it's a beautiful composition. It is. I, lo- I, I actually love it. Yeah. And I, I think it's vintage, like Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. And yeah. I appreciate that they didn't. It, maybe they did slap it together and put it out, but it's great. To it me. doesn't sound slapped together. No. It sounds very thoughtful. Um, and I will say that I think Paul Anka wrote it, and there was some. He said that. Michael Jackson stole the tapes or whatever. But when it was originally recorded, uh, and that's the thing. I thought it was just recorded before he died. Yeah. And I was thinking, man, he still sounds great. And he's yeah. like almost 50. But apparently it was recorded about 25 years ago. Okay. And it was originally recorded with a piano and just him. And then they oh. added the strings and they brought his brothers in to do kind of the backup vocals later. Wow. Well, then I think they did a pretty good job. They did. Um, that's probably why it sounds like vintage Michael Jackson. Cause yeah. that's what I thought too. I was like, okay, he, he, there, there was something there, right. you know, yeah. which that may still have been the case, but I think it was 83. So this is like right around thriller time as yeah, well. right at his peak. Right. Hmm. So, but the thing is at first they weren't going to put the Sony, the record company wasn't going to put this out on iTunes. For some reason. There, that still hasn't been disclosed by that? They weren't going to do that? I, I can't remember why. Okay. Um, but but now they're saying they, they will be on iTunes. But you can only buy, get the single if it's included on the EP. I guess they're ex- releasing an EP, extended play, yeah. with six tracks and then the, the, the album. But you can't get the single by itself. You have to buy the album to get that single. Which just seems like an enormous amount of greed to me. Yeah, it is. Especially, I wonder if these record companies know that they're beholden to us now. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, because we have, there are all kinds of different ways that you can get songs Mm -hmm. if you want them. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go on YouTube now 
And if somebody posts a, a song on yeah. YouTube, there's another website that will immediately convert it to an MP3. I saw that. So I kind of wonder, what are these record companies thinking that everybody's going to flock? And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people will flock and buy it anyway. Right, just for posterity. Right. But I don't even think they were releasing it as a single, so, you know... That doesn't make any sense to me. No. Because it's a hot song. I would think you would sell millions they're just, of They're records. forcing you to... I, I think they're they're betting that people are going to buy the whole thing just for the song. Yeah. And they're probably right, but you're right. It's, it's It seems to me you could release a song, make a lot of money, and the same people are going to buy the album anyway. I, I don't disagree, but I think they're just... I think they're banking on that. But this also made me think of something else. I was lis- listening to Tony Kornheiser about mm-hmm. a week or so ago, and he mentioned bumping into Johnny Mathis years ago. And he said that Johnny Mathis said, you know, once you get to the age of about 45, mm-hmm. your voice starts to go. Right. And you're no longer a singer. You're more of a performer. Right. Like Billy Joel. Right. So I was going to get to it because you're a singer. Yeah. I was wondering what your opinion, if, if you agree with that. No, I, to- I totally agree. As a matter of fact, my voice, and part of it is, I used to have, uh, well, in my opinion, I used to have a pretty decent voice probably 10 years ago. Mm. But I've been kind of hard on it, first of all. And I also haven't kind of kept up. Like, I don't practice, whatever. So I'm, you know, on a good damn off key. But um, I, I can see that because it's harder for me. I used to be able to create a much purer sound. I have to work really hard to do that now. So I think I think that's probably true. I think as I get older, it'll just be harder and harder. Really? Yeah. Right. I think for men, too, for some reason. Because there's some women who now still sound amazing. Like, my mom still sings, and she's in her 50s. Hmm. But, and she sings in a chorus, and they all have great voices. But I think it's just... I think it's just different. I think you're, I think puberty has something to do with it. I think men's vo- vocal cords have something to do with it. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. What made me think of that is thinking that Michael Jackson created this song, yeah. you know, just a couple of years ago. Right, yeah. I'm interested in hearing how he sounds in this movie, if his voice is still... Because he, he kind of, I mean, his voice isn't like, a, you know, what you expect. Most it, men to, to yeah, sound like. Yeah. It, he doesn't sound like a, a man when he sings. He sounds young. Right. He's always sounded younger than I think he actually was. Right. So. It'll be interesting. But it makes me think of, you know, people like Sam Cooke or Otis Redding or mm-hmm. Nat King Cole, these people that kind of died before their time. Yeah. What would have happened to their voices as they got older? Janis Joplin, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But what about some of, like, the, the crooners, like Barry Manilow and... Burt Backrack and these guys who have are older and have still silky smooth voices, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't know enough about Barry Manilow to I don't I haven't listened to him enough I've, in the later years. I've heard him. I mean, I've heard him on a couple like um, like uh, talk shows or evening talk shows. Mm-hmm. I've heard him sing before, and he sounds pretty pretty good. So pretty good. Yeah. Well. It's like Sinatra sounded a certain way when he was younger, like real young. Yeah. And then during, I guess, his 20s and 30s, he had a different kind of sound. Mm-hmm. And then as he got to his 40s and 50s, he still sounded great, but it was a different tenor, I guess. Yeah, to his, the richness. Right. Yeah. And then when he got older, it started to, to go. And that's but, why I think you kind of see like men when they get older. And I wonder, too, if it has to do with smoking and drinking. Right. Because that's, that's what's been hard on my voice is, you know, social smoking and... 
the occasional bit of alcohol. Mm-hmm. But um, like Billy Joel, I mean, he he sometimes talks kind of through his songs, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably natural. It's the, probably a combination of the lifestyle, and you know, if you're real careful with your voice, it, it stays stays good, but it stays healthy. Well, um, I think we'll post a link to this song on yeah. uh, Vagabond Exchange uh, Facebook page. I think the album is released next week, so but we'll post this before the album is released. Sounds so good. If you want to check it out. It's pretty good, I have to say. Yep. It made my heart swell a little bit. Did it? Yeah. Good, I'm glad, because <laughs> it, it did the same to me. I've listened to it a couple of times today at work. So, And actually... We usually make out a list of songs we want to listen to when we go on these road trips. Yeah. So, and speaking of that, if you have song suggestions or album suggestions um, for us for when we travel, um, just email us at vagabondexchange at gmail dot com and let it, let us know. That's I think right. of Seattle Joe. I mean, Seattle's like a hotbed for. Oh yeah, he's got to have like he's got to just be knee deep in great music. Right. Joe, you're holding out on us. Yep. Poor Joe. We give him like an eight-page assignment every time he writes to us. That's probably why he doesn't write to us very often. Makes up excuses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been really busy. Plus, you guys are stalkers. But we are printing out your suggestions for Seattle because we're going there yes, in a couple of weeks. So we are. We're we'll, super excited, and thank you again. Yeah. We'll let you know what we think. Yes, if we make it back. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. I was talking to a friend the other day, and um, he was telling me about how he reads Men's Health. He was telling me about a survey he read here, and the thing that he told the survey he actually told me about was um, part of the dating and sex portion of this result. Mm-hmm. And it talks about if men could change anything about their um, about their significant other, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And you know, of course. Me being self-conscious about the way I look, the first thing I thought was their weight, which right. was, I thought, after I thought about it, I was like, you know, that's a really shitty thing to say because I'm totally being judgmental and stere- judgmental and stereotypical. But um, what I found interesting was that, that I don't think that was even in the top 10 for uh, this list. No, and I'm looking for... It's like halfway down. Right oh yeah. Um, actually, number one was her sexual appetite, mm-hmm. which I guess. No, actually, number one was her attitude, moodiness. Moodiness. Oh yes. yeah. Sorry, I'm, I misread that. But number two was well, number one and number yeah. two are kind of tied yeah. for U.S. U.S. Um, respondents, and then number three was nothing. Yeah. So the girlfriend was obviously standing, standing there him. when they asked. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they could do it on, online. Online, okay. That was the first thing I asked. I was like, "Well, what, what kind of? How was this administered?" Right. But it was online. Um, her nagging, her looks, which I don't know what that means. Well, that makes no things. sense. What? If you could change one thing about your wife or girlfriend, what would it be? Her looks. Then why are you with her? <laughs> She's you know what she looked like when you met her. It's that song. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. Oh. Right. Her domestic yeah. skills, which. That's something I wish I could improve about myself. Her earning power, her intelligence, and her sense of humor came mm. in last. Weight was not on there at all. 
Would look at the next question. Would you dump a girlfriend if she became fat? Right, which now, that's that kind of almost split. Fifty-two percent to forty-eight. Yeah, so that's kind of it's kind of in line. Right. But I thought that was it was a little encouraging. It was nice to read that. But there's some other kind of like funny ones. Yeah. And all of them seem pretty like spot on, I think, for what I think about men. I thought the one we've talked a little bit about the who pays. Right. Yeah. Um, how many dates should the man pay for? We have a, a mutual friend. Um, we call him Dr. Douche. But he's uh, he's very much in the dating game. Got lots of ladies in the rotation. And we were talking the other day about a recent kind of long-term dating situation he had where, um, you know, he he continued paying for dates, you know, after kind of a three-month period. And it was kind of like, okay, when is she going to at least offer? And when the conversation came up, she said, well, I think the man should always pay. And, and that just, oh, it knocks me down when somebody when a woman says that because I think about, like, the fact that my grandmother went back to college at the age of 40 and if, I don't know, she would she would scold me one up, up one side and down the other if she ever heard me say, I think a man should pay for everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There are a number of women that feel that way. Though. I know there are. I know there are. There are some women that are friends of mine, but they, you know, their statement is a man has to earn me. And they want Sir Walter Raleigh. They expect you to lay down your jacket in a puddle of water. They want all that classic, you know, this is what a man does for a woman. But but the women that I know that are like that don't want to be 1950s housewives. Exactly. You can't have it both ways. Right. If you, if you want that, then you need to be at home vacuuming and producing children. You right. know? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to judge, but I don't think you can have it both ways. And most of the women that I, that I know that prefer for a man to pay for everything want it both ways. Right. They want to be liberated women, but then they also... Liberated, kept women. No, There's yeah. no such thing as a liberated, <laughs> right. kept woman. If you're being kept, you're not free, honey. Right. So, yeah, so. I thought that was interesting. So, um, yeah, he, I think that, that was one of the catalysts for change in that relationship with Dr. Douche. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> Hope he left her at the table. <laughs> That's not nice. No? But I always, I mean, I always offer. When you and I go out for dinner, I always offer. I know you do. And you're sincere about it. You know, some people are like, let me get that. Oh, and they're patting themselves. (laughs) Well. They've left their bag in the car. Right. (laughs) Let me get that. With a very slow, like, let me, (laughs) God, you beat me again. (laughs) You're just too fast for me. (laughs) 100 out of 100 times. Um, question 12. Have you ever read a girlfriend's email or other electronic messages? Yeah. And I am ashamed to say I've done that. I think a lot of people have done that. Yeah, but the majority say, no, I respect her privacy. Well, only by a little bit. Yeah. The, it's pretty much but split. yes, with her knowledge. <laughs> I don't understand that. Like, when with her knowledge before or after? <laughs> <laughs> after I got caught. She, yeah. she knew all about it after she broke up with me. <laughs> Um, I like yes, but only because it was open on her ta- desktop. That's right. that's a good answer. <laughs> yes, I broke into her email or messaging. Right. <laughs> Not only did I um, re- break her privacy, I also broke a federal law. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, this is a this is very insightful. I like reading um, surveys that the of the, from the opposite sex. Here's a good one. Are you comfortable with your girlfriend keeping in touch with her exes? That's a good. Are you comfortable with that? 
I think it would depend on who my girlfriend is, if I trust her. Well, if she hasn't done something. Ideally, you wouldn't be with a girl who you didn't trust. And it depends on who the ex is. Okay. If the ex s- still kind of hints that they want her back. Yeah. Or they seem a little shady, probably not. So, like, what would be your level of comfort? No contact at all with a shady ex? Uh, yes. A seemingly shady ex? No contact? No. Not even... No, like because a- every time we have a fight or some kind of disagreement, then I'm wondering... If she's running back to him? Yeah. Or if he sees this as an opening to... You know. What if it's a non-shady ex? Um, How much contact? Facebook. Facebook friends? Yeah. Occasional? I don't want them hanging out. Okay. What if it's... Um, Me and Charles with the big penis are going to the movies. <laughs> you know, have fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what about you? How would you what feel about, about a boyfriend having... Keeping in touch with exes. It's always a little awkward, but I think you're right. It's dependent on the situation. Right. Um, I don't know. I'd have to be. I'd have to be pretty um, comfortable with the other person for me to be like excited about them hanging out, or or even just like give their hangout time my blessing. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine I'd ever be that comfortable, but maybe. Yeah. Have you ins- ever insincerely told a woman you love her in order to get sex? Have you ever done I can that? say no, I never have. Really? And I never would. <laughs> um, and I'll, it actually looks like the majority is no. Right. 54% said no, and I never would. And then another 22% said no, but I would consider it. Yeah, depends on how hot she is. So, um, There was another question in here. Have you ever faked an orgasm during intercourse? I like that question posed to guys. Yeah. How do guys do that? How do you fake it? It's it's yeah, you can do it. Really? I've I've actually done that. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. This was in college. <laughs> in college you <laughs> yeah. faked an orgasm? Yeah. Really? Yeah. The thing is when you're young, when you're like <laughs> no, when you're young, like 19 or 20, mm-hmm. you can just go. I mean, you can have sex a lot more than yeah, when you yeah. get older. Yeah. And so it gets comes to a point where you can't actually get to that point of okay. climax. I so see. You, yeah. So you just faked it. Yeah. That's funny. What about you? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as a yes. <laughs> um. So. What is that? The maximum number of former partners you're comfortable with your girlfriend or wife having? Yes. No more than five, no more than ten, no more than twenty, no more than a hundred. I didn't see that. These are all porn stars that are saying three percent. So there are there are there's a percentage of men that are okay with their porn stars. Gotta be. I don't know. Yeah. I like none. I guess mine would be no more than ten. Yeah. The older I get the the higher the number. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like ten, I was like none. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's nice that you were thinking about that when you were 10. Yeah. How many sexual partners should my significant other have? Yeah. Oh, William. So, yeah, that's interesting. I'm, yeah. I always like those types of things. So we'll post this in. Yeah, we totally should. And there well. were other pieces of this. There wasn't just, of course, you know, I went right for the dating and sex one. But there's other things about, like, how men feel about themselves and their careers and things like that. Right. You know, insignificant. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I've several orgasms. Usually it's like, 
like the third, fourth, or fifth time of the night, and you're you're going on for like an hour, and you're not. It's not going to happen. So you just oh, and then you then you climb off. I mean, I can't speak for the whole female population, but I'm pretty sure that most girls out there have done it at some point in their lives. Sometimes it's just convenient to do so. Like. It's not that enjoyable. You just sort of want it to be over. You don't have to hurry along. And you know that's one way that it's going to happen. Dave Chappelle was trying to break the... What, what's the name of that record? Um, I don't know if it has a name. Um, well, it's a record for doing for the longest stand-up, doing the longest stand-up routine. Comedy Endurance record. Okay. And apparently Richard Pryor had this record back in the 1980 mm-hmm. for two hours and 41 minutes, which kind of sounds like it was just a long concert. Yeah, yeah. But then... Um, Dane Cook. Well, then Dave Chappelle got it for like six hours. And then Dane Cook broke that record. I thought... Oh, no, Dane Cook broke it. Yeah, Then right. Dave Chappelle and then Dave, Dane Cook stole it back. Right. Seven hours and 34 minutes. And so Dave Chappelle was trying to break it again, but he had to use the bathroom. And apparently you get disqualified if you go to the bathroom so i didn't did dave Chappelle not know that that was going to happen i didn't get why this was newsworthy uh or was it just because he was trying to break it and couldn't i think it's because the last time he broke it they you know it was newsworthy and then dane cook it was newsworthy and the fact that he was going for it again wasn't you know um but i'm not sure if he was aware that if he left the stage to pee or whatever he had to do so um, you get disqualified but this brought up an interesting question for me. Mm-hmm. Who could sit through That's what I'm a six-hour comedy routine, especially or seven hours as far as Dane? I'm, no one is funny for seven hours no, straight. No. I'm sorry. But here's my question, and maybe you can answer this for me. There seems to have been a backlash lately against Dane Cook. Yeah, I know. And so I'm wondering. I don't get where it came from. What did he do? I heard somewhere that he stole. He's been he's accused a joke of stealing stealer. jokes. Yeah, I've heard that about a f- several comedians actually: George Lopez, Joe Rogan, lots of comedians. Other joke stealers. Which, yeah. if you think about it, it's just like that. Um, that those two bands that accuse Coldplay of stealing their music. Right. If you do like um, modify, slight, slightly modify, you mean or? No, they. I mean, Coldplay says no. They didn't. They didn't take any of it. They didn't... I mean, I guess I just think at some point, like, yeah, stuff's going to overlap. There, there, There's only so much originality you can have because there's only so many words and so many notes and so many, you know, plots in, uh, that are that are out there to think of. Right. So I think it's, it's kind of inevitable. But it, anyway, well, I digress. What I was going to ask you is... Um, if you had to rate like your top five comedians, do you think who do you think you'd have in the top five? Um, well, you know, Jim Gaffigan would be like number one. Okay, I adore Jim Gaffigan. Um, I used to like when Dane Cook first came out, like that first Comedy Central special that he had. Mm-hmm. I like lost my stuff when I when I saw that. That was fantastic. He was so funny when he talks about. Um, uh, suck my back. That's one one of the funny ones. But he's just hilarious. Um, I don't know. I need to think about that for a little while because I don't know like 
who I really think is funny. Because there's so many comedians now, you know? Yeah. I find that I'm usually, for some reason, I'm drawn to either black humor or mm-hmm. Jewish humor. Like, if I say my top five, like, Dave Chappelle would probably be yeah, number Dave five. Dave Chappelle would be in my top five, too. Bill Cosby, because I grew up on Bill Cosby before anybody else. My dad had a ton of Bill Cosby records. Okay. And so that's all my mom would allow me to listen to. He okay. had Richard Pryor, too. but clean. He, Yeah. Mitch Hedberg. Oh, Mitch Hedberg, definitely. You're right. Because right. I think he's just brilliant, and mm-hmm. it's too bad that you know, he's no longer here. Yeah. Um, and then Lenny Bruce for me, because I think Lenny Bruce, without Lenny, without Lenny Bruce, there would be no Richard Pryor, because he kind of kicked down doors. And then yeah. Richard Pryor would be number one for okay. me. Okay. Well, when I was eight years old, we put on a Richard Pryor album, and he said MF like within the first minute, and my mom stacked it away, and I didn't hear it again for seven <laughs> years. When I was 15, I was home alone, and I p- played it, and yeah. I never laughed so hard in my really? entire life. Yeah. Aw, that's cute. So, 15-year-old William. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, Southern humor. I don't really laugh that much. Like, Jeff Foxworthy, every now and then, he'll say something that'll yeah. make me laugh. Yeah. But most of those guys just seem... Mm-mm. I like um, Ron White. I think he's kind of funny because he just makes jokes about himself being drunk. That's <laughs> but he's like sweating. <laughs> he's gross. He's glistening always. Right. right. Always glistening. Um, and I kind of think there's another Bill Ing- Ingvall. Ingvall, yeah. He sometimes does a couple funny things. Yeah. That get her done guy, please Larry, sit down. the cable guy. Yeah, yeah, please sit down. Well, the problem with him is, is that we're in Tennessee and you see guys like that all the time. It's, like, it's not funny because it's real life. Right. None of those guys are funny. Right. Plus, this Larry the Cable guy's from Oklahoma. He's not even from, you know. Like the Tennessee. dirty South. Right. Yeah. So yeah. he's like a perpetrator. Or, right. You know, a fraud. So He's fronting. Yeah. He's like, the, he's like the insane clown posse. Right. <laughs> right? According to Eminem, right? Um, according to everyone, insane c- clown posse is from like this like affluent suburb of Detroit. And they claim Detroit. Yeah. Hello. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but you know who I would throw in there that I like is John Heffron. I think he's Yeah, he's funny. funny. Yeah. What do, you, yeah. what do you think of uh, Jeff Dunham? The guy with the puppet? Yeah. No, I don't think he's funny. But people down here for some Love reason. Love him. Yeah. There's girls that, um, on my team that at work that think he's hilarious, and they like <laughs> sent me YouTube clips. This was like a couple of years ago, and they were like, oh, my gosh, it's so funny. And it's always like awkward when right. somebody shows you something that they think is hilarious, and you're like, oh, huh, huh. <laughs> like you have to like pretend that it's funny. Right. Or you, you either go one of two ways. Either you're like, yeah, it's not really my cup of tea, or you pretend that it's funny. Right. Depending on my mood. What I, I did think was funny, that I know you don't think is funny, uh-huh. is Andrew Dice Clay. No, I don't think he's funny. But part of that is just on principle. Why? He probably says some things that are funny. And William and I aren't getting arrested right now, for those of you who right. might be able to hear the <laughs> sirens in the background. It's an eventful evening. Well, at least we don't think we are. <laughs> right. Keep listening. <laughs> You may be able to catch our arrest on on the tape. Yep. I, I, no, I don't know. He's funny, I guess, but I I get tired of like just, it's it's like he's kind of like Rodney Dangerfield to me, and that it's like those like just like the continuous like punchline, like set up punchline, set up punchline, set up punchline. There's no story. I like comedians that tell stories. He tells stuff. I'll have to send you some of his stuff. No, They're all sex and masturbatory stories. Yeah, see, that's but, why I don't and he was uh, discovered by Rodney Dangerfield. Or Rodney yeah, Dangerfield. I don't, I don't break. think Rodney Dangerfield's funny. You don't? No. <sighs> Sorry. I know I'm like a terrible person, but. I think 
like I said, Jewish humor and black, like Woody Allen, some of his stuff makes me, like his early stand-up makes me laugh a lot. Woody Allen? Yeah. Woody Allen is just so, like, I don't know. It's almost like he's, um, what's the word, like self, um, self-deprecating self to the point of narcissism. Yeah, if you watch some of his movies, people, you know, he's aware that people accuse him of being a narcissist. Yes, so. yeah. I'm sure he is, but... And I like I like Woody Allen, but I don't love Woody. Did Allen. you like Annie Hall? I did. I, well, because I hadn't seen that many Woody Allen movies, and mm. you are like the movie connoisseur. So I always like I always have you in mind when I'm watching movies that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And like the first couple Woody Allen movies, I was like, okay, yeah, he's funny. And then after a while, I was like, okay, we get it. <laughs> My mom's that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. I mean. It is. Crimes and misdemeanors, that wasn't really a comedy, but it was a, it was a part comedy card drama. Um, so with Alan Alda? Yeah. Alan Alda. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you like that one? Yeah, I did, did like that one. Back? That one was, that's probably my favorite one that we've watched so far. Okay. That was funny. There are a few more. Hannah and Her Sisters is pretty good. And okay. have you watched Manhattan yet? Did you uh, ever? Is that the one where he the has the young girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. What did you think that. of that one? I liked that one, um, but that was where I was kind of like, mm. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, and I had watched like five Woody Allen movies in like a two-week span. I should have broken them up uh, a little bit more. Okay. So I was like kind of done. All right. then. Yeah, that was part of it. Oh, the um, the one with um, Scarlett Johansson, Match Point. Yes, I like that. That Not one I really like, but that to me isn't really departure a Woody Allen from movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. that's our, our story about Woody Allen. And comedians. Yes. So, um, hopefully this will be the last episode 15. Right. Um, and once again, you can email us at vagabondexchange at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss our um, St. Louis extravaganza. And we we plan on seeing a movie while we're there. We do. What are we? Oh, a, Maybe a Serious Man if it's out. Um, or Something know, else, yeah. yeah. And we're also going to see Big Fan this week, Oh, yes, too. Big so Fan. Be Patton ready for Oswald. that. Yep. Speaking of comedians, Pat Oswalt. Yep. Who is, to me, a funny guy. He is really funny. Yep. He's really funny. Have you ever seen um, The Comedians of Comedy? I don't think so. There are actually two. There was a documentary that went along with it, and then an actual like stand-up kind of medley. Um, but it's him. Um, what is his last name? Brian Posehn. That was on the Sarah Silverman show. Right. Um, Maria Bamford. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She does voices really good. Like she has like a very sultry woman voice that she does, and she talks like she's a professional. Mm-hmm. And then she has one that's really high, and she talks <laughs> like that. But she's really fun. Like she's very quirky. It's a kind of, it's not. Um, I'd say a mainstream sense of humor, but I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of follows them around, um, sort of talking about how they're they're sort of like on the cusp of like being being mainstream comedy but they don't really want to be mainstream comedy um so it's a really interesting um documentary it follows them kind of around the northwest um and there's a really funny part about a comic store that i won't talk about but that's that i really like sort of that that genre of comedy really kind of interesting so check it out put on your netflix queue i will um so yeah we're going to st louis and Unfortunately, 
we can't ask for any suggestions because we'll be gone by the time we get any. But yes. you should please sign up to uh, the Vagabond Exchange Facebook page. Right. And that way we'll put faces to names and yes. get to see who our fans, fans are. are. This is cool. Yep. All right. So we will talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. Before leaving, make sure you have all of your personal belongings and use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.